All right, y'all, let's welcome back to another episode of David Sports Academy. Tonight, we're going to talk about some huge breaking news that went out today. So, the Houston Rockets organization has fallen apart. The first two dominoes to fall were Daryl Morey resigning as GM and ultimately going to the 76ers, and Mike D'Antoni resigning as a head coach and going to the Brooklyn Nets. And news just went out tonight that Russell Westbrook has requested a trade and has put his wish list of teams of the New York Knicks, the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Los Angeles Lakers, with many other teams to aggressively pursue him via trade. And James Harden saying he's committed to the team, but ultimately he put his wish list of three teams that he would prefer to be traded to with the Sixers, the Nets, and Miami Heat being them. Now we're going to go over those three options to see how James Harden could fit. So, if James Harden were to go to Nets, it would be very unlikely. Um, James Harden would not want to be the third option on that team. He would more than likely be the second option over Kyrie or even KD. So, that's highly unlikely. I don't see him getting along with KD and Kyrie. He's more ball dominant. Um... Due to his age, I don't see the Miami Heat aggressively trading for him either, considering they have a lot of huge talent that are young that they don't want to give up for an aging 32-year-old, 33-year-old. And the Sixers, if he came here, he would automatically be probably the first option. So out of all them options, I can mostly see the Sixers being them. Only problem is them moving the pieces to get him without giving up their two young stars in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. But if Daryl Morey is our GM, that could also play a part in getting him to Philly. And other news around that OKC does not want any multi-year contracts back in a Chris Paul trade with the Suns. And OKC has already said they are not interested in Kelly Oubre or Ricky Rubio, so a third team would have to be put in this trade for Chris Paul to go to the Phoenix Suns. Um, the Hawks have emerged as a new trade destination for New York for Drew Holiday. Possibly giving up their sixth overall pick. Now, in my opinion, that is kind of hefty. Um, so, I don't see why the Hawks would do it. But then again, this draft is kind of terrible, so it could essentially help them. And uh, Kevin Durant is recruiting Serge Ibaka to join the Nets. He's kind of trying to create like a, a OKC 2.0. So we'll see how that works out. In my opinion, Serge Ibaka is going to go to the Lakers or another team like the Miami Heat or the Clippers, but we'll see what happens. Um, now, my prediction is Bradley Beal will be traded in this season. I want to say to the Miami Heat, but I feel like Miami's going to try to keep their flexibility to pursue Giannis. But I can highly likely see Bradley Beal traded when the lift for... Um, trades is lifted up next week. 
or in two weeks. And I also want to wish a special shout out to Happy Birthday to Russell Westbrook. He's a, in my opinion, he's probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the league MVP in 2017, nine time All NBA, nine time All Star, two time All Star Game MVP, two time scoring leader, two time assist leader. He averaged a triple double for three consecutive seasons and his second all time in career triple doubles with 146. So as much as people hate him, you gotta respect him for the stats that he puts up. And um uh, uh hometown natives Sadiq Bay, forward from Villanova, uh commented on how he would fit alongside Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid if he was taken with the Sixers pick in the draft next week, which is the twenty first overall. And I quote, he said, I think my mentality is the same for every team. I want to contribute to winning. I think whatever that team needs for me to do or any team, whatever they need me to do to help win, I'll be excited and comfortable in doing so. Now, I think it's going to be highly unlikely the Sixers take him with the 21st pick just because he's probably not going to be there. So there's many options that the Sixers could take. But by the time the 21st pick comes around, I doubt they would take them because they'll be taken by other teams. So you got players like Sadiq Bey, Tyrell Terry. Players like them are what I would want on the Sixers, but are highly unlikely. Um, Tim Duncan is stepping away from full-time coaching after spending last season on the bench. So we'll see how that works out. And Fred Van Fleet uh, commented on the upcoming free agency. He said, I won a championship, now it's time to cash out. So I don't think he's worried about going to a contender. I think it's more or less just trying to find a team that will pay him. Now, a a dark horse contender for me, if Harden becomes available, is the Nuggets. He would instantly be a first option for that team but if that trade were to happen I could see the Nuggets becoming an actual true contender in the West because they severely have disappointed me so far until this upcoming offseason or not offseason the bubble where Jamal Murray showed out and Jokic kind of showed out and then Michael Porter and uh more news from the Rockets organization Trevor Ariza felt a lack of respect the Rockets tried to bring him back um, this season, but Ariza was seeking an apology that never came. Uh, P.J. Tucker has been irate over his contract situation all year, season long. He believes he deserves a raise, but at the same time, I feel like he doesn't deserve it because it, they've been going with small ball all year. Um, Dennis Schroeder commented on leaving OKC. He said, yes, I received the offers, but I never want to go to the Lakers, Clippers, or any others that have called my agents. We'll see how that works out because players say that and then they end up going to that team. But uh, Dennis Schroeder is a a true player that I could see going to a contending team, such as the Bucks or the Sixers or another team like that, but we'll see what happens. Um, The Rascals from Impact Wrestling, Desmond Xavier, Zachary Wentz, and Trey Miguel are bound for WWE. They're not officially signed, but it's formality, and they're expected to sign with them very soon. 
We'll see how that works out because WWE's too, not too fond of tag team wrestling, as you could tell. During the draft this year, they broke up many tag teams. And now them superstars are nowhere to be seen on TV. Um, Russell Westbrook said he wants to return to his floor general role that he had in Oklahoma City. And potential suitors, if he wants out, include the Hawks, the Hornets, the Clippers, the Lakers, Pistons, Knicks, and the Suns. So we'll see what happens. And the Warriors have interest in offering a trade package to get LaMarcus Aldridge. The most likely trade package they would have is the number two pick for LaMarcus Aldridge and the number 11 pick. So we'll see what happens. Um, Mario Lopez had the Bella Twins on his show today the Access Hollywood, and they commented on them on having one more WWE run. They said, we've been dying to have tag titles, so she and I feel like we have more and more run in us. I didn't find Dynamite Tater also she on Apple Music. And, um, my perspective is, with Harden possibly staying in Houston, I feel it's more likely that if Russell Westbrook was to go to the Clippers, it would more than likely be a Paul George-Russell Westbrook swap. Now, for me, if I was James Harden, that would be worrying because it would be three straight off-seasons of trading away a star in that team. And with the Rockets so close to winning with Chris Paul until he got injured, I feel like they could just stay with Chris Paul and give it another season and try to work around them. But then they ended up shipping him off to OKC for Russell Westbrook. And obviously that didn't work out. And then that was more or less the front office fault for trying to do a small ball lineup and essentially trading away their center who could have helped them out. So we'll see what happens. Um, Kawhi Leonard has reached out to Chris Paul about getting it traded to Clippers. Now, like I said... Kawhi Leonard is disrespectful. I don't like him. I don't respect him. Not because he beat the Sixers with that lucky buzzer beater. But for the fact that he thinks he deserves the same treatment as LeBron. And that is the reason why the Clippers organization fell apart this offseason. So, I don't think he deserves LeBron treatment. I don't even think... Anyone deserves that type of treatment, especially for what LeBron has given up to be in that position. And for all the people that want to say LeBron needs the most help in the league for going after AD, Kawhi had literally an all-team, a whole team of help around him and still couldn't get past the second round. Um, But yeah, the Houston Rockets are... Falling apart as we tell. Tonight, it was revealed Russell Westbrook requested a trade. P.J. Tucker is not happy with his contract situation. And three other players are not satisfied with their role, being Eric Gordon, Austin Rivers, and Daniel House. So we could see some huge um, moves. And another person on Twitter, if you guys follow him, his name is Vin Fosh. He said the Sixers and San Antonio Spurs have a deal in place that will send the 
Sixers guard Zaire Smith and two second-round picks to San Antonio for Derek White. Now, like I said, don't believe everything you see on the internet. This is just merely a rumor. But if it is true with the trade ban getting lifted up next week, that would be a huge trade for the Sixers to essentially get a bench player who could essentially help us with three-point shooting and help us out with a bench scoring. Um, Another thing he had was the Sixers and Warriors are discussing a trade involving Tobias and Wiggins. Like I said, highly unlikely. But uh, other news is that breaking news reported by Ryan Satine or Ryan Satine from WWE Tribute to the Troops will air December 6th on Fox. So that's huge news. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, another thing is the Brooklyn Nets have had trade talks with the Pacers about sending Spencer Dinwiddie and Jared Allen to the Pacers for Miles Turner to get a solid big man. So we'll see what happens. Um, this is highly unlikely too. It says Kevin Herter could be on the way to move to Philadelphia as part of this deal involving the Hawks and Drew Holiday with the sixth overall pick. But that is it for the night. I'll have more breaking news coming around when Twitter feed blows up with more rumors and more news for all of you sports fans. So we will see what happens. But as always, enjoy your night. Make sure to check your Twitter for any you know, huge rumors, any buzz going along with the sports leagues. And try to stay on top. See what happens. But as always, have a great night. Check back in for David Sports Academy. Alright, y'all. Let's welcome to another episode of David Sports Academy. So, like I said, we're going to have major headlines every day into the 
Um, ban lifts up for trades to finally go through. So, tonight... Well, last night was actually a huge day for um, news. So, a bunch of things went out. I don't know if they're true. But, um, we're going to go over, like, all the big NBA rumors, all the big, like, WWE rumors, um, a lot of, a lot of things like that. So, um, the first news was that... For all of you that are lucky, the PS5 came out today. Hopefully, some of you were lucky and actually had a chance to get on the site, add it to your cart, and buy the damn thing. Because many of us, hint, hint, me, went on every damn site and tried to order one and had no luck at all. So, try again Black Friday. Um, now, like we were talking about yesterday, the news of James Harden listing his potential trade destinations. So we're going to go over like the trades that um the Nets could do. So the first one would be the Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jarrett Allen, Torian Prince and the this year's 19th draft pick. Is it a but a bit much for Brooklyn? Yes. You're giving up three young players who essentially are better than Most stars in the NBA who could go off at any moment. Karis LeVert, I think, went off for 50 in a game last year. Spencer Dinwiddie has his heat moments. He goes off at any moment. Uh, Jared Allen is a, g- a great um, center. Tarion Prince is a good uh, bench player. And the 19th draft pick, like I said, we don't know how heavy this draft could be. So we don't. that's like a questionable pick. Uh, another one is... Actually, um, we're just going to go over like how he would fit with Brooklyn. So, obviously, Brooklyn would obviously be the favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference because you have Kyrie, KD, and now James Harden. Um, but if you look at how Harden and KD fit together, we'll just go back to when they played on OKC together. We get it. Harden wasn't as best in that time, but he still was a solid getting to where he was now. And uh, news went out today. I know all of you watch like first take, listen to like Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith and Kendrick Perkins. Uh, Kendrick Perkins was the one that reported, well, who said that Doc Rivers was going to come to Philly. And on today's show, they were talking about like what destination do you think James Harden is going to go to and Kendrick Perkins answer was the Sixers. So obviously Daryl Morey linked to James Harden in the past and being the GM of the Sixers that's going to play a huge role and if the Sixers can manage to get a trade off for 
James Harden. Uh, other news went out today that the Sixers and the Bucks have interest in trading for Patty Mills. Now, my thoughts on it are Patty Mills is a, a great player. He's a a star. Not a star, but he's like a a good role player. Obviously, he's not fitting in well with the Spurs. The Spurs are looking to rebuild. So, obviously, they're going to try to get as much assets as possible. But if we were to go at Josh um, Patty Mills, Josh Richardson would have to be the main piece in that trade. Along with picks and other assets. Um... The Sixers and President Chris Heck believe the use of Philly is lazy and doesn't appeal to whatever a new Philadelphia fan is to them. Um, Chris Heck commented that the whole blue collar thing is meant to be positive. I hear it all the time, too. We actually don't use the term Philly because we think it's lazy and undersells the city. And sometimes I think blue collar does the same thing. We refer to it as New Philadelphia. Blue collar is important for the city, but it's not the only component. New Philadelphia is about the arts. It's about culture. It's about education. It's about diversity. We like that narrative more than the blue collar hockey thing, which isn't a slight on it, but we think we're more than blue collar. So these are the kind of themes and the mantras that we think about. So if I'm selling out with a black uniform... We better have a reference to the nightlife and nothing shines brighter than Boathouse Row. That's how we came up with it. I get it that it's polarizing, totally fair. I won't go to the grave with this uniform, but I don't dislike it. I just love our other ones, maybe more. That's my soapbox. Now, many people have had mixed opinions on the new jersey. In my opinion, it's a great looking jersey. I don't see the problem with it. I just think people are more like sad at the fact that we didn't get the throwback jerseys that everyone asks for every year and we get our hopes up and we never get that jersey but like I said the chances of us getting that jersey back ever again are close to never um November 12th was a legendary day for poster dunks if you guys remember 16 years ago it was Kobe over Dwight Howard and 11 years ago it was Dwayne Wade over Anderson Verichel. Um Four years ago today, Conor McGregor was the first double champion in two different weight divisions. Another thing that we we're going to talk about is the Celtics and Pacers discussing the framework of a Miles Turner for Gordon Hayward swap. Other pieces will be included. Something to keep a close eye on. Now, obviously, I think the Celtics could have the assets to pull off Miles Turner and Victor Oladipo. Just because Pacers, I feel like Pacers just want to get Oladipo off of their books. They He knows they don't want to keep him. That he doesn't want to stay. He's not going to resign. So they're probably going to just be like, you know what? We're going to try to get as much assets for you or any assets at all because we don't like feel you want to be here so we're just going to try to get you out of here for assets instead of letting you walk in the free agency for nothing but uh, a, a huge 14 trade that i saw on the internet 
that kind of benefits all the teams. So today he went out the Hornets are a potential suitor for Russell Westbrook. My opinion, that is good short term, but long term it's going to hurt them because of what assets they would have to give up to get them. So obviously to begin the trade, the Hornets would probably have to give up Miles Bridges and Devontae Graham, which is terrible. That could hurt them drastically. Possibly Terry Rozier, but I, I think it's highly doubtful. Um, if I was them, I would try to offer them Nicholas Batum for the Rockets, just because the Rockets seem to be in rebuild mode now that half of their roster is asking for a trade. Um, the Bucks came out and said that they would try to trade for P.J. Tucker and Robert Covington if they became available. But we're going to go over this uh, four-team trade that went out today. It's on uh, TradeNBA.com if you want to check it out. So it's got the Nets, the Hornets, the Rockets, and the Pacers. So the Pacers would get Robert Covington and Karis LeVert. The Rockets would get two first-round picks. Obviously, the third-round pick, the number third overall from the Hornets, and Nicholas Batum and Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier would be the point guard that fills the void for Westbrook leaving. The Nets will get Oladipo and Eric Gordon. So the Nets will get their third star. And then another role player who could drastically help them off the bench. And then the Hornets will get Russell Westbrook, Joe Harris, and TJ Leaf. Obviously, they would have to have the cap for that. Just because Joe Harris is going to be a free agent this year. So we'll see how that works out. Um, But... The Sixers are among the teams interested in the Chris Paul trade. Like I said, if I were OKC and they called me up and said, here, we'll give you Al Horford, I would hang up the phone really quick. So the chances of the Sixers getting Chris Paul are probably slim to none. Um, I want to comment on what people are saying about how. So the past couple of years in the offseason, James Harden has always had a star with him. And then that offseason that follows after the playoffs when they get eliminated, that player seems to be shipped off for another all-star. So technically, the Houston Rockets have used up all their assets there at this point now where it's like, um, where do we go from here? Um, we've traded for an all-star every year, and it's gotten us nowhere. So we're going to go over like how James Harden isn't the problem. So obviously, the last time Dwight Howard was an all-star was with James Harden. Dwight Howard was, an all- was a teammate of James Harden's and then he got traded um the only time Chris Paul ever made the conference finals was with James Harden until they got in until he got injured um the Hawks have had conversations with teams for their sixth overall pick a few teams include Pelicans the T-Wolves and the Celtics so we'll see how that works out the Mavericks have shown interest in trading for either Zach Levine Oladipo or Spencer Dinwiddie now, like I said, if I were the Mavericks, I would not want to overpay for any of them. Just for the fact that Oladipo and Zach Levine are both on one year. So if they give up a lot of assets for a one-year rental, it's going to hurt them knowing that they're not going to re-sign. If I were them, though, I would try to go after Spencer Dinwiddie or Zach Levine. I wouldn't want to go at Oladipo. Just for the fact that Oladipo hasn't shown that he's proven he's a star yet or an all-star. He's still showing signs of... You know, injuries and him not getting back to the shape he was in. So we'll see how that works out with um the Mavs trying to find a third star. Um, 
The Rockets hired Will Weaver as an assistant coach to join Steven Silas' staff. Um, all the uh, so Seth Rollins is going to take time off from WWE, obviously because Becky Lynch, his wife, is pregnant with his child. So we'll see how that storyline hits and how it works. And uh, we're going to go over to the deep three shooting percentage leaders over the last three seasons. So LeBron James is 40.9%, which is 61 for 149. Stephen Curry was 40.4%, 82 for 203. Damian Lillard, 36.8% for 183 for 498. And then Kevin Durant, 29.8%, 31 for 104. Now, the shocking thing about that is LeBron being at the top of that list. Just for the fact that I've never seen LeBron as that player that has a high three-point percentage. But then again, he doesn't take that many three-point shots. Uh, LeBron could also shoot more now that he's shooting more in the Lakers. And speaking of the Lakers, the Lakers have offered and discussed a trade with the Spurs to give up Kuzma and Danny Green for DeMar DeRozan. Obviously, they probably see it as... We don't have many assets to trade for a third star, so you know what? We're going to go after a player that we feel could be a star in a reduced role here. So DeMar DeRozan seems to be a good player that could fit there. And uh, I hope it all works out and that works out. Um... Ryan Satan, one of the WWE's uh, executive writers, he had an interview today. The Undertaker says he believes Bray Wyatt is the strongest character in WWE right now. He says the Fiend is someone Undertaker wishes he had a little bit more gas left in the tank for you. His comments today were, when you have people outside writing for you, sometimes they get a little carried away and you're just like, okay, let's do that. He said, I hope he stays really invested in it and says no and he has to say no and do what's right for that character because... It's really the strongest character WWE has right now. Now, like I said, we all wish The Undertaker was not retiring just because um, we, we love to see The Undertaker for his annual, you know, one match a year, possibly more. Um, but like I said, we, we all hope for the best for Undertaker, obviously. Coming up soon is Survivor Series. You know, that's 30 years since The Undertaker first started wrestling. If you don't remember, he was me, Mark House, and WCW. So it's not like WWE was the first place he started. So um, we all wish for the best for him. Hope everything works out fine. And enjoys his life outside of wrestling. And Mike Conley won't exercise his early termination option is going to bypass free agency for the next season he's owed 34.5 million obviously if I was the Jazz I would try to give him another chance just for the fact that Mike Conley was kind of like on a crossroads this year he had his iffy games and then he had his good games and then he had his bad games and obviously with the uh injuries that kept some players out of the bubble the Jazz didn't make it far so hopefully they stay healthy this year and try to pull off some trades, try to get over the rusty relationship with uh, Donovan Mitchell 
and Rudy Gobert possibly trading Gobert because I don't see them trading Mitchell just for the fact that Mitchell is their franchise player. So we'll see how that works out. The Orlando Magic are trying to move into the lottery by packaging Eric Gordon, their 15th overall pick. Now, if I'm the Warriors, I would call them just for the fact that the Warriors have said they want to move down in the draft, but they also want another player. So if I were them, I would call the um, Magic and ask for Aaron Gordon in the 15th pick just because the Magic will get the number two pick and possibly a player like Andrew Wiggins who would fit better in Magic than Aaron Gordon, obviously. But with Jonathan Isaac being out this whole season, I'm surprised that the Magic are trying to offer Aaron Gordon up. So we'll see how that is. Um, Adam Kaufman, a sports podcaster, said it's possible the Celtics flip picks and send Kemba Walker to the Pelicans for Drew Holiday and send Gordon Hayward to the Pacers for Miles Turner. Said Boston could once again transform its roster after a run to the Eastern Finals. Now, for me, that wouldn't make sense to trade a point guard for Drew Holiday. So, I find that very unlikely. Because who would the Celtics have as their new point guard? I don't see them relying on one of their rookies to help them. Uh, take them into a deep run, and I don't see them signing a veteran point guard just for the fact that, you know, they're a team that's in one-now mode. So, for me, it would be a stupid move to send Kemba Walker to the Pelicans for Drew Holiday. And that would be dumb on their part just because they have a young core of Tatum, Brown, and Smart. And obviously, you got the players like Tice and Cantor and a lot of players like them. Now, many... Uh, uh, analysts today said that Houston have many questionable moves for this offseason. Max Kellerman thinks the Rockets need to keep James Harden. Kendrick Perkins says they got to blow it up. In my opinion, if they have been trying to pair up Harden with a new um, all-star every year, and they have no assets left. You really have no choice at this point. To kind of just, you know, try to see what you can get for both players. Obviously get a ton of young assets, a ton of assets like picks and players. Just so you can get enough so you can rebuild. Um, You might get a lot for Westbrook. But if I were them, I would call teams like the New York Knicks, the uh, Lakers, the Suns, the Clippers just to see what you could get for him. And obviously, for a player like James Harden, you're going to get a lot more for him just for the fact that he's more um, talented offensively. And, you know, James Harden's a, a highly offensive player who's been averaging almost 35, 40 every season. So obviously, a lot of players are going to get traded for him just because teams see him as more valuable than Russell Westbrook. So we'll see what Houston does. Um, with um, WWE buying out Evolve Wrestling, 
uh, WWE signed a, for- a number of former Evolve wrestlers to NXT. Um, several of the new signees signed deals with $60,000 guarantees, which increased to 80000 in January. They have a bonus of $500 per TV appearance, which also increased in January. Um, the bonuses increased significantly, maybe even tripling when the new year comes around. Uh, people in WWE reacted to well to the fact that the new contracts are short-term as opposed to the company signing talent to multi-year deals and basically hoarding them. So we'll see how many... Um, Evolve wrestlers we'll see in NXT more. And the NFL announced today that the weekend is going to perform during the halftime show of Super Bowl. Hopefully, they can have fans. Uh, WWE said there have been discussions about moving the scheduled date of WrestleMania from March 28th to April, to April 11th or even April 18th. The goal remains for them to have fans in attendance for the event. They think moving back the show a few weeks will help bring fans into the arenas. Hopefully, um, WWE can do that. Uh, Doc Rivers commented on... What he feels about the Sixers, he says, you have to be a fighter to be on my staff. If you're somebody who's telling me what I want to hear, it's not going to work. I want live debate. I need you guys to tell me the truth. So obviously, he's a better overall coach than um, Brett Brown, obviously. He has more experience with the playoffs. So... We'll see how that works out for Doc Rivers. Obviously, if it doesn't work out with him, the Sixers are going to look to try to benefit the two All-Stars. But uh, we're going to talk about some fun facts. So Stephen Curry and John Wall are only two active players that remain loyal to the team that drafted them for over a decade, which is not surprising. Um, today... In history, we lost a great wrestler in Eddie Guerrero. So we'll see a lot of, you know, wrestlers sending out their condolences. But, you know, we all miss him a lot. But another thing we're going to look into is three lottery teams that should be looking to trade down in the draft. So the third option I have is the Timberwolves. Um... They have the first pick in the draft. They got a bunch of young players. Some making max contract money. Anthony Edwards, for me, makes the most sense. His He'll play in between Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. At the same time, though, some of the young players are willing to have similar skill sets to him. And there's been rumors about the Wolves taking the mellow ball, but why would they do that? They traded Andrew Wiggins in their first round to the Warriors for Russell who's going to be their presumed floor general of the future because of how young he is. A backcourt of Russell and Ball with a boatload of wings and Towns would make for a weird offense. And James Wiseman wouldn't make sense. He wouldn't get any minutes considering Carl Anthony Towns plays the same exact position as him. Um, so the T-Wolves could essentially try to trade that pick to get 
better assets that fit their team, considering they seem to be in a win-now mode too. So they could trade it back to a player to a team that needs that pick. So a team like the Atlanta Hawks or the Suns or a team like that that could benefit and help out the um Timberwolves. Another team is the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are gonna get back their whole roster next year. They're gonna stay healthy. They don't need another star, especially but in my opinion, James Wiseman makes the most sense. He's an athletic big man who wouldn't get anyone's way and would be their starting center. Why wouldn't the Warriors want a great center like him? They've won with mediocre center play, more specifically relying on speed and shooting rather than being loaded at every position. And they've also looked at Obi Toppin, who's an offensive skill set that is dominant. And they've won rings without dominant inside play, so it's not like they need great defense. Um, LaMelo Ball is highly unlikely to go to Golden State just for the fact that he's only good with the ball in his hands a lot. And obviously with Curry and Thompson being on that team, you're not going to get the ball a lot. Um, Isaac Okoro and Denny Abdija are rotation players. And why would the Warriors want to waste a second overall pick on a rotation player? So trading down would help the Warriors add a young player or a proven player while matching with value. So obviously the Warriors are always going to be in winning down mode. So trading that pick to a team, like I said, who is looking to draft a star to help that player and their team out. So teams could essentially look in that and the Warriors have already put the pick up for trade talks so they could look into going to teams like the Hawks or the Suns or the Magic and the Timberwolves or any team like that and can get assets for them and the first option is the Atlanta Hawks so the Hawks have plenty of young talent who have already turned into franchise players so they got Trey Young, John Callens, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish and then Kevin Herter and obviously last year they traded for Clint Capella. And they don't really need another high draft pick. They already got a starting five and a reliable six. Um, obviously last year it was not a great start because John Collins' suspension hurt them. I mean, they could add someone to play 15, 20 minutes with the six pick, but they could also do the same eight spots later. So trading down... Could help them get a, a rotation player. So they can have a player in the 10-15 range. And have that player be as impactful to their operation as one they would take at 6. Um, the last thing they really want to do is draft the best player on the board. And that player gets in the way of the youth they already have. Uh, it could result in Lloyd Pierce getting the boot mid-season or at the season's end. The Hawks can get a young player on the rise and develop a player they're choosing. Or their other option is packaging some combination of recent lottery picks, the sixth pick, and future selections for a star player. It could get them like Bradley Beal or Drew Holiday or Victor Oladipo. Just to think that the Hawks are now a contending team. Uh, the Lakers could shock everyone and try to get Westbrook. So, obviously news went out yesterday that Russell Westbrook requested a trade just one season after his debut with the Rockets. 
something wasn't right and that things weren't in the good direction for the Rockets. So, obviously, the direction now is for the Rockets to find a deal for Westbrook, which will be much easier said than done. Um, so, the, obviously, the package the Lakers were trying to send is Kuzma, Dan Danny Green, Alex Caruso, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. So, they would get Russell Westbrook with that. Obviously, the Lakers didn't win the title because of their death, because they were, in fact, missing Avery Bradley and, the obviously, Boogie Cousins. Um, for me, their inconsistency from their role players was really bad, considering... Like, Caldwell Pope shined off in a couple games, but then the next couple games, he was terrible. Then you had Danny Green, who would have good shooting one game, and then the next game, he's terrible. So, obviously, the only reason they won that championship was because of their star duo, which is LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, But before the Lakers try to give up that much, they'll want to figure out, like, will Westbrook mess with that chemistry, or will he help them out? Obviously... Russ has said he wants to become the primary playmaker and ball handler. He wasn't OKC. Um, LeBron has been the primary ball handler, but playing off ball might not be a bad idea considering his age and he wants to preserve his body. But for me, I think it would work out well because Westbrook, his relentless interior attack often creates opportunities for others. And he's good at finding and utilizing those opportunities. He led the league in assists twice over his 12-year career and averaged 10.7 in that category just two seasons ago during his last stint with the Lakers. Like I said, Russell Westbrook could essentially help dominate with uh, AD if LeBron's off the floor. So we'll see how that works out. So now we're going to compare like the draft players and see who we can compare them to. So Anthony Edwards... I want to compare them to Donovan Mitchell, Eric Gordon, and Deion Waiters. <clears throat> His, he has a wide range of outcomes, but to me, his athleticism and his explosiveness separates himself as one of the players with the most star power. Um, some scouts have told Bleacher Report's Jonathan Wasserman that Edwards reminds them of Deion Waiters. So to me... His um, athleticism and explosiveness reminds me of D, uh, Donovan Mitchell. I don't want to go too far and say Westbrook or D. Rose because that's a little too far in pushing it. But I want to keep it simple now and say Donovan Mitchell and Anthony Edwards are closely alike. Next, we're going to do the mellow ball. Um, I want to compare him to Jason Williams or Rondo. Because of his vision on the floor. And he's got the size of Sean Livingston. So he's one of the hardest players to make comparisons for. Um, but he's got the flashiness of Jason Williams, if you notice. The court vision of Rondo. Uh, the next one is Onyeka Kongwu. I want to compare him to um, Bam Adebayo. And then other players like Tristan Thompson and Montrez Harrell. Um, mostly Bam out of bio just for athleticism. He doesn't have the same playmaking skills as Am out of bio, but he could, if he develops some more, then essentially he could develop into another and out of bio. Uh, James Wiseman, I want to compare him 
to Chris Bosh and then another player like Miles Turner, Hassan Whiteside. He's got good defense and he's got a huge like body. So that could help a lot of players in the league. His size alone makes me remind him of a run protector like Hassan Whiteside. Um he if you notice though he shoots he takes more jump shots than anything, which to me makes me want to draw a comparison to Miles Turner. Like I said, Miles Turner could be a lot more dominant if he was in the paint more and not shooting jump shots. And uh his college coach Penny Hardaway used a comparison to Chris Bosch, which makes sense because his massive frame. Uh Killian Hayes, he reminds me of D'Angelo and a Goran Dragic type of player. He's a he can play off the ball or on the ball as a playmaker or as a shooter. And he's a good like left-handed combo guard, so that reminds me more of D'Lo. Uh, another player that's no one really talks about, but he's good from overseas from Israel. It's a Dani Avdija. Av, uh, reminds me of like a Mario Hazonia, Nicholas Batum type of player. He's got a point forward mentality. He can push the break and transition to open court. He'll need to make his jump shot more often as an NBA player, though, because overseas ball is a lot more different than NBA. Um, But if he can do that, I would. If a lot of you people remember him, he could remind you of um, Turk Aglu from 2007-8, who was 6'10", averaged 5.6 per game while shooting 40% from beyond the arc. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton kind of reminds you of, like, a Shea Gilgis-Alexander or Alonzo Ball. Or even Amante Morris. Um, he's a similar physical profile to Shia Gilgis Alexander. <clears throat> um, he had a lot of the same elite court vision that Lonzo had when he was a top projected player. And he could be a high impact player to the low usage rate like Monte Morris. Because when Monte Morris has a low usage rate and he's high impact, he could be deadly on the court. Uh, Devin Vassell, or Vassell, he kind of reminds you of a, like a Covington, Danny Green type player, or even Mikel Bridges. Uh, since 2008, there's only three collegiate players who have recorded a block percentage 4.1% or better, steal percentage 2.8% or better, and a three-point percentage 41.0%. So those players were Robert Covington, Danny Green, and obviously Devin Vassell, so he could detect. He could transform into, like, a defensive, offensive beast. Uh, Isaac Okoro, he reminds you of, like, a Butler, Iguodala, maybe a Justice Winslow. Um, he's physically built like Butler. He's known for his attentiveness and his tenacity and speed. Uh, his college coach, Bruce Pearl, Bruce Pearl, compared him to Iguodala due to his ability to impact the game. Um, he's still... Has some stuff to fix, like to score beyond five feet of the basket, which is going to determine like an asset to help him develop in the league. Uh, next is Patrick Williams from Florida State. He's a forward, he's six foot eight, 19 years old. Kind of reminds you of like a Tatum, Rudy Gay, maybe an Ananobi. Um, he didn't start for Florida State, but he's got the makings of something special. He's an above average shooter. And defender for someone his size. Of 
course, he's far now from where Jason Tatum is in the NBA, but he's the youngest college player in this class. There's still room for him to grow and develop offensively and defensively. Uh, Obi Toppin, a lot of people compare him to John Collins or Marvin Bagley. I'm going to say a Kuzma-type player. He's got a, a crazy vertical, like a John Collins vertical. He's a willing shooter like Kuzma, but there's still concerns about his defensive skills. And obviously, Kuzma wasn't great on offense. He's not a great shooter either. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, Tyrese Maxey from Kentucky, six foot three, twenty years old. He kind of reminds you of like a Lou Williams, Eric Bledsoe, maybe a little bit of Jarrett Jack. Um, he's a bit undersized for a two in the NBA. He's not likely to be a floor general at least at this point in his career, but he has enough power and athleticism to carve out a niche at the next level. Um, Cole Anthony from North Carolina, to me, he reminds you of Colin Saxton. He he had a freshman year in UNC that was injuries and a losing record, but his performances during high school showed in productivity, and there's reason to believe he could be a stat seat shuffer in the NBA. So we'll see how that works out. RJ Hampton from New Zealand Breakers, six foot five, nineteen years old. He reminds me of Zach Levine, Jordan Clarkson. Or Dante Exum. RJ Hampton told his own Michael Scott that he models his game after Zach Levine. Um, but to me, he reminds me more of Zach Levine just for the fact that his athleticism that Hampton has, because he's a really explosive player. So we'll see how that works out to compare him to the two time NBA slam dunk contest winner. Kira Lewis from Alabama, he reminds me of De'Aaron Fox or Darren Collison. He can be, he possesses enough end-to-end speed that he can be a floor general capable of changing the look and feel of a team like De'Aaron Fox has done. But if he doesn't reach that level, he can still be a speedy option in the backcourt as a change of pace guard. Aaron Smith from Vanderbilt, he reminds me of Buddy Heald. Um, He was hitting three-pointers at an unreal rate before he got injured last season. Um... He reminds me of Buddy Hill just for the fact that they both rely on their jumper to make an impact, especially considering both players are more than just shooters off the catch. Um, they both... Aaron Nesmith, his three-point percentage, though, is about 52%. Buddy Hill's is like a 45%. And then their field goal percentages were quite close. Aaron Nesmith was 51%, and Buddy Heels was 50%. Uh, Sadiq Bey from Villanova, he reminds me of Chris Middleton. Um, to me, Sadiq Bey is make a 3 and D wing. Um, it, for the team he gets drafted to, I could see them using him like Cam Johnson on the Phoenix, playing more and more four. Um, if he's placed in the right system, though, he's someone who can continue to knock down tons of looks in the perimeter. He's He had experience as an on-ball presence. As Jay Wright treated players like Swiss Army Knives, obviously. Uh, Jalen Smith from Maryland. He reminds me of like a Sergi Bach or Chris Boucher. He's got a 3 and D skill set in the merit front court, which will make him an intriguing prospect. He has the same, a lot of the same pluses and minuses that Toronto Raptors' Chris Boucher had when he was coming out of college, so that kind of compares me. Uh, Precious Achiuwa, 
He reminds me of a Kenneth Reed, Al Farouk Aminu. Um, he can be a role player in the NBA, like a high-energy big like Kenneth Freed or Nene. He's a tenacious defender, and he's a gritty defender. And those are traits that can translate to the next level, even if he doesn't become a star. Um, another player, I can't even pronounce the name. Alex Sedge Pogusevsky from Greece. Seven foot, 18 years old. He reminds me of Dragon Bender. But he's got a seven foot frame and a seven foot three wingspan. But he's not going to succeed in the NBA if he needs to bulk up. And the big man has not yet had measured success against elite talent. So that's obviously going to worry me. And Dragon Bender has not had any major success either in the NBA. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, Theo Maledin, he reminds me of Dylan Wright from the Dallas Mavericks. He's a, he's a long, skinny backcourt prospect who has a physical profile identical to him. They have both good positional size, which allows them to consider themselves combo guards in the NBA. Uh, Tyrell Terry, he reminds me of a CJ McCollum and a younger Steve Kerr. He's got crazy basketball IQ and shoot and touch, which will help him carve out a nice role in the NBA like CJ McCollum. Uh, the athletic Sam Vecini compared Terry to Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr just for like his shooting. Uh, Jaden McDaniels from Washington, he reminds me of Cam Reddish. Um, he's built like a star, but he's going to need a lot of development before he receives such an accolade, though. Desmond Bain, he reminds me of Joe Harris. Um, he's a do-it-all type prospect who is most impressive as a three-point marksman. He's someone who is likely ready to step in and play a legitimate role for a team as soon as next season. He does not have many physical limitations, and considering his very sharp touch from beyond the arc, he's someone who could have high-scoring games from beyond the arc, so that kind of reminds me of Joe Harris. Uh, Malachi Flynn, he reminds me of like a Jose Calderon or Fred Van Fleet. Um, he's a prospect who nobody really looked at, but he exceeded expectations and teams around the league are looking for the next in his lineage. Um, those are those are kind of hard shoes to fill with how questionable this draft is, but I think he could be one of the players. He won him out in West Conference prior to the year, so that could essentially help him out. Uh, Leandro Bolmero from Spain. He reminds you of like a Joe Ingles. He's got an above-average court vision, passing and ball handling. He um He's a secondary playmaker. If he can hit his jumper, though, he reminds me a lot more of Joe Ingles. He's he's a good jumper shooter, but he's got to hit him more consistently. Xavier Tillman, he's from Michigan State. He reminds me of like Al Horford or a James Johnson. He's got crazy good basketball IQ and his advanced playmaking is good. He's got the passing strength of James Johnson though. And he could carve out a long career in the NBA like you don't have Haslam. Uh Isaiah Stewart from Washington. He reminds me of like a Zach Randolph. Um, his draft stock is obviously going to slip because the Washington Huskies finished last in the pack in the Pac-12, but he can be a productive presence in the front court for NBA team. Um, he's a player whose mentality is going to continue to drive him though, because Zach Randolph, nobody really talked about him, but he believed in himself and he kind of like com- continued to 
tell himself to do more. Uh, Josh Green from Arizona, he reminds me of a Gary Harris. Um, he's a good positional size. He's got a six foot ten wingspan, good perimeter defender, and his shot selection is still iffy though. So we'll see how that works out for these draftees. But uh, some of them, a lot of them are going to be questionable this year. So we'll see what happens. But now we're going to go over the the likelihood and if any team were to trade for Russell Westbrook, what the trade packages would look like. So the Knicks, if they were to go at um, Russell Westbrook, the deal will probably have to be from Bleach Report, it says they would have to be Wayne Ellington, Bobby Porters, Frank Tsiklikina, Kevin Knox, and a second-round pick. For me, I think it would have to be Kevin Knox and Julius Randle. Um, I don't see them... I don't think this deal would get it done enough. But then again, this also is Wester Westbrook, who had a questionable season with the Rockets, has had a questionable past as a star. So we'll see what the Knicks offer is going to be, if they can get it done. The Clippers, the deal would probably be Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Zubak, and then a couple other role players for Westbrook and the second-round pick. Now... It sounds like it's too much, but to me, the Clippers are going to be in panic mode trying to get out trades to keep that team in a win-now mode just for the fact that Kawhi Leonard has a player option next year, so they kind of want to keep him happy because if they mess up again and they don't win the championship next year, Kawhi's just going to say, you know what, I'm declining my player option, I'm becoming a free agent, and I'm leaving. Um... This one is highly unlikely. It's Blake Griffin for Westbrook in his second-round pick. Um, I just don't think Griffin for Westbrook sounds like a fair trade just for the fact that Griffin's coming off of a severe injury while Westbrook's still, like, showing off and doing what he's doing but I think it could be a possibility so we'll see what happens with the Rockets um but news came out today that the NBA starting on December 22nd and it's expected the NHL will start on January 1st. Uh, Gary Bettman was on a conference call this week and gave some details regarding what will likely happen. The NHL is currently considering multiple mini-bubbles where teams will play for a week or two and then go home for a bye week before heading to the next mini-bubble. The commissioner said you'll play for 10 to 12 days. You'll play a bunch of games without traveling. You'll go back, go home for a week, be with your family. We'll have our testing protocols and all the other things you need. Um, it's not going to be quite as effective as a bubble, but we think we can if we go this route, minimize the risk to the extent practical and sensible. And so that's one of the things that we're talking about. He also talked about the possibility of an all-Canadian division, and he says it's likely with other v- division realignment to make travel easier. 
Um, he said, as it relates to the travel issue, which is obviously the great unknown, we may have to temporarily realign a deal with geography, and that may make sense because having some of our teams travel from Florida to California may not make sense. He says it may be that we're better off, particularly if we're playing reduced schedule, which we're contemplating, keeping it geographically centric, more divisional based, and realigning again on a temporary basis to deal with the travel issues. To me, that's huge news for the NHL, so we'll see what happens. But I I do think that the NHL is going to be letting fans back in this year, even if it's limited. So, but that's it for tonight. Um, I'm going to have a next episode coming up next. It's going to be about like the current state of WWE and what they could do to fix it and how it could essentially help how vids could turn it around, how NXT's ratings could go up, and how AEW could help push WWE to become better in many different ways. But as always, tune into the next episode coming up right next. And give me your thoughts. Thank you.